Welcome to the Room for Error podcast, the podcast that believes ball control football sometimes requires punting on third down. I'm Cole Sheets, and I'm with Dan Harmson, my brother from another mother. What's up, buddy? Um, I'm over here um, on what I believe is the north end of the basement today. That's correct. Cole strategically placed me facing away from the TV because I get easily distracted. So, welcome all. It's like a moth. Is this is this a Rendition number five, six? No, show. we're on six. We're on episode six already. Isn't that wild? Nuts. Wild. Well, really, I think we'd be about eight episodes in right now. That first episode, we kind of took time to, you know, like get a feel of how things were with, you know, I guess listeners and potential listeners. And then we took a week hiatus and then recorded and then decided that day after episode two, we were going to record every week, you know, and then in between episodes. I had a rehab stint in between there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I think it was in between episodes four and five where we had to go two weeks. Where, when were you on your honeymoon? Uh, apparently then. Yeah. <laughs> at that moment in time. At that juncture. Hey, we're still here. The FCC hasn't shut us down yet. Yeah. Give it time. <laughs> Copyright infringement laws with all my musical That selection. could easily be there. That's probably the next thing. <laughs> well, no. See, it's okay because I say. Because you, you put, put on there. Just like the YouTube. All these YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Are like, Copy copyright is not meant to be infringed upon. Well, it's still copyright infringement. Whatever, man. If they want to, if they want to come come after me with copyright infringement, like I take take whatever. Ba- basically, I figured this this out, the royalties deal. There's like three three things you really can't play: anything by the Beatles, anything by Michael Jackson, and Happy Birthday. Because I'm pretty sure that's expensive too. Because they don't sing at Hickory Park; they sing Happy Happy Birthday. It's your special day. Happy Birthday has royalties. Oh, attached Michael Jackson to it? owns it. No, he does. I swear not. to God. Well, I mean, he did. Now, probably the Michael Jackson estate, estate owns it. Which only has $6 trillion. Like, they could erase the well, deficit. they got to pay off the rape children somehow, Cole. Easy. Easy. My bad. You see that painting I did in high school over your right shoulder? Yeah. Michael well, Jackson, okay, the king of pop, very questionable decisions, incredible musician. You can't argue that. I got nothing. Yeah, I know you don't because you're dumb. There's a lot of stuff we like where, you know... You know, if if every musician I liked hadn't made questionable life choices at some point, I'd probably, you know, and I, I shut them off for that. I probably wouldn't like many musicians. That's what makes them good, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But well, usually it's like snorting eight, you know, like hitting eight balls or stuff like that. Yeah, I mean. Not raping kids. Yeah, questionable decisions. I mean, this begs the question, was uh, Kurt Cobain murdered by Cor- Courtney, Courtney Love? Love? Courtney Love did she it. She did it. She totally did it. All right. I was thinking more like Keith Whitley, but, you know, that's okay. Yes, there's a bunch of stuff there. Or like, uh, was it Wheeler Walker Jr.'s conspiracy theory yeah, with Sturgill Simpson? Sturgill yep. Simpson. Stur- if, if, I, if listen, anyone, man, he's not off base. If you if you if you want to, <laughs> well, look at his this last album. Like that, I mean, that comes from doing some weird stuff, man. Like yeah. Japanese anime hyphen album. If if you guys want to look up something really interesting, um, Wheeler Walker Jr. has a really interesting theory about Sturgill Simpson that he had with Joe Rogan. Yeah, I was going to say, up. did he bust that out on the Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah, which, Is that where that came out? That's typically where stuff like that comes out. So <laughs> Joe Rogan, like, he's just... Yeah, but have you ever tried ketamine? Like... <laughs> have you ever done DMT? Chill, dude. 
All right, that was a that was a fun little conversation to to start the show. Oh, this is a sports show. Yeah, well, kind well, of. Well, for now, we, for we now pre- it is. We pretend. There's a lot of sports going yeah, on. Yeah, we're good. We're pretty good. We're pretty good fakers. So uh, we're sitting here in the basement watching cards and Nats. This is uh, game three. Nats are going to end up winning this thing, and man, I hope they sweep the sweep the cards. But if we know anything about St. Louis, it's that they're the steady Eddie of the Major League Baseball world, and probably going to turn on some football here before too long. Because did you know? Oh nope, I'm going to save this. We've got a segment. We've got a new segment we're rolling out today. Uh, there will be a new segment called called Cole's Did You Know, and that is a stat that we will have prepared for you. But Dan and I talked, and uh, you know, there's some fun stuff here, and we uh, we really appreciate the feedback on Twitter from everybody. Um, you know, I asked if you'd like to see us do more national landscape, more Big Ten and Big Twelve coverage, or more ISU Iowa focused. Um, actually, we got a pretty um, some like 25 some odd votes, and I know there's not a lot of people that are actually on Twitter, and and that's no big deal, but. Isn't, there isn't was, the kids now, aren't they, on the Instagram? The youths. Isn't the youths that, are on the isn't, Instagram. Isn't, isn't Instagram? Instagram. Um, the Snapchat. <laughs> nice. Is that not what it's called? <laughs> no. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of feedback that said that you guys like us to focus a little bit more on Big Ten and Big Twelve stuff, and uh, I, I, well, I, sucks for you because we're gonna talk about whatever we feel like talking. Exactly. About. Uh, guess what? This just turned into an NBA show. So hope you guys. I don't have a lot of good things to say so about that. So strap right now. in. Yeah, me neither. I don't think anybody does. Um, so I think I'm I'm kind of with you. You said that uh, you're a lot more fired up about one particular game, and I actually want to hear it, and I kind of want to talk about it, and I said this to you when you got down here. Uh, we were going to record last night, but um, Dan Dan had a lot going on. With I some, have a lot going on with life. Lots of stuff, and that's cool. That's cool. It's uh, It actually kind of helped. Honestly, Mondays kind of helped me a little bit better with lines, like getting betting lines set up, but um, I digress. Um. I told you when you got down here, I was pretty fired up, and I was hammering out some notes here um, about Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday, around, you know, 4.30 or so, and I may or may not have had about five or six beers, and man, I was on a roll, so I'm, I'm glad that I got it got my head clear a little bit here and, and now I got Dan because he feels the same way, but we're going we're gonna to jump right I, into I think the, it's a good idea to get you when you're not on it. You know, because some, sometimes I get, yeah. like, I'll look at my phone after I haven't looked at it for about two hours and I have like 13 text messages about well, yeah, but, about but something. you never answer me either. It really pisses That's me That's because I'm doing shit, Cole. No, I have shit not. going on in my life. You pretend you're busy and you're not busy. We know you're not. Uh, but let's jump into it. Let's talk about the Iowa game. Let's talk about, let's talk about Penn State going into Kinnick and what we got out of that game. Oh, what, do you, what do you think? Let's, where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we start? Um... The fact that Nate Stanley continues to struggle behind an offensive line. And I'm going to give you credit because you said last week, and I even texted you this, you said that Iowa's struggles, like when they go into these little slumps, they hit these little lulls, they don't stay in it for just a week. It's like a three-week process. It's and, it's, and I think it has more to do. Now, I'm not going to say that's always the case because we've seen them a couple of years ago when they beat the pants off Ohio State after getting beat by Purdue or somebody terrible. But more often than not, and I think it comes down um, to, honestly, in this team, I talked to a buddy who's a big Hawkeye fan um, about it, and I really think with the guy they have under center, nothing against him, um, it has a lot to do with that. You know, I've, I told I told one of my buddies who's a big Hawk fan, I said, I've always felt like Stanley's confidence is tissue paper thin. And when you get wrecked one week, 
And I, I think Michigan put the blueprint out there for everybody how to disrupt Iowa's offense. And Penn State picked it right up where it left off. Um, Iowa had an abysmal time trying to run the ball. Um, put themselves behind the eight ball and to the point where they had to pass. And by the time they finally figured out how to move the ball, um, it was in garbage time because they were down by too many scores. I mean, it shouldn't take 10 possessions, you know, to, to put points on the board two or three times. No, definitely not. But um, there's there's something to be said, too, about how athletic Penn State's front seven is. I mean, that's got to be – I think they're probably even more athletic than Michigan's defense. Well, I would agree with that. Line. I mean, if you look at the analytics – Penn State's defense is one of the best in the country. And I think Iowa's defense is up there as well as one of the best in the country too. Yeah. But when your offense is that anemic, um, you know, I, I talked, like I said, I had a couple long conversations with friends who are, who are big Hawkeye fans, and I feel like I'm able to watch these games still, you know, and, and stay relatively unbiased. Um, watching that game, I mean, it looked like Ken O'Keefe was calling plays 10 years ago. Except for, you know, O'Keefe once in a while, like when you had Hinkle and Solomon and C.J. Johnson and guys like that, you would throw the ball down the field and you had Brad Banks. Or you'd see an occasional end end around or something like that. But this, the play calling, I don't know if it was because Penn State disrupted so much of it, but where's the creativity? I remember when they beat the pants off Ohio State, it was last year or the year before, I can't remember. Um, Just last year. I mean, you saw them come out, and they were chucking the ball over the field. We saw combination routes. We saw, you know, all kinds of things to keep the defense on guard. And they were so predict. And even when F- Brian Francis' first year as a play caller, we saw different looks out of the running game. We saw ISO looks. We saw power looks. Um, we saw trap looks. And here, it was right to the old stand, old zone blocking. In Penn State, there are times on defense where it looked like they knew. I mean, and that's the problem with zone blocking. And I'll say this to Cole, your credit. When you're have when you facing a really athletic front seven like Penn State has, zone blocking is tough. Yeah. Because there's so much speed on the field, and they can beat beat you to the point of, atta- uh, of attack. And I feel like we saw a lot of that. And not only that, you know where the hole's coming. There's no misdirection. Um, it, For me... I, I just don't know. The offense becomes so predictable. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but so much of football is predict, at least off from an offensive and defensive strategy, is getting yourself a man advantage based on formation. Well, when Iowa basically is under center with a guy, you know, with the offset running backs or double tights or whatever, how many looks there are, we know what's going to happen, especially on first down. They said there were like 10 first downs Iowa had on Saturday. They ran the ball. Every single one. And I'm sure it was under center, too. Yeah, like. it was exactly. No, I, I think there's some analytics out there that are, you know, there's some looks out there. When I was out of shotgun, they throw the ball. When I was under center, two-thirds of the time they're going to run the ball, one third, you know, and then the, they'll be play action, which is great. But for me, just where's the creativity? Where's the difference? To me, I don't know. I think people were excited about Brian Ferentz the first couple of years. We saw Akram. Wally doing great things, and we saw explosive plays, things like that. I think there's more playmakers on this Iowa team. They don't have Akram Wildly back there, but Goodson is a Goodson. I think is every bit as talented as any running back they've had in a while. I think this receiving core is the best one they've had in a while. Oh yeah, by a long stretch. But why? Where's the creativity? I I just I think there's more ways to get guys open and throw the ball, and we saw that in Brian Francis first year. I don't know if the addition to O'Keefe. Um, I don't know if in a tight game like this they wanted to stick to their bread and butter and not get too wild, but at the same time, you have to do something to surprise the defense. I mean, we talked about it a couple years ago. Teams were getting – I mean, it's so easy to prepare against I for Iowa's offense right now. 
and where's the leadership? Where's this? Stanley is an easy quarterback to tee off on too because when he gets flustered, when he gets pressured, he's not athletic enough to go out and make a play. And I think that I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a cynic too. I'm. I'm not. I'm not like, part of the I fire. Feel Ferentz, like... fire Brian Ferentz bandwagon. I just feel like we've seen more creative play calling, and we've seen better things like this. And different. I, I don't know if we're waiting for a leader to step up on this Iowa team because that's one thing it feel like we're missing right now. Is usually there's a Stanzi, there's a Pat Anger, there's a Brett Greenwood, there's a Tyler Sash. You know, there's somebody like this who takes the lead from everybody. Yeah, but you're talking defensively. Last year was I mean, no. I, I think there's been offensive ones too. Usually it's been a running back, or it's been Stanzi, or it's been Bethard. Or last year, I would say it was it was probably your tight ends. I think there's something behind the scenes. I don't think that Brian Ferentz has been given full total control. No, and, that's and what it looks like to me. Is because is the playbook you, has been cut in half. Is what it looks like. to man, me. Man, you're not kidding that you really had a lot on your mind because you're not even letting me get a word in edgewise there, no, Chief. Just shut up and let me talk. Yeah, <laughs> it just it seems like, and I agree with what you said. That's a perfect statement that. They just wanted to stick to their bread and butter, and that's what that's what Brian Ferentz was told to do. Eye formation, offset eye, strong strong runs, no no counters, no misdirection, run it down their throat. Well, you can't run it down their throat. Your offensive line is suspect. You're missing well, the guards. I think their tackle plays great, but guard play, especially in Banward, is done for the year now. Too. What did they say You've that a, a lot? Center. Like a majority of their their sacks have come from the guard. Like you can you can target the guards as being responsible for the sacks. Right, which is weird because defensive tackles usually. I mean, a lot of, a lot of teams are stunning into that. You know, they're looping the defensive end around or a linebacker or something like that. But for me, I just. Where's the creativity? I, I, I just think if you are – Iowa's offense right now and offense line is not good enough to put a hat on a hat and run it down your throat and beat you. No. And to a certain point, it comes to this. Um, I remember when I was in high school, you know, good high school coaches um, – don't wrong, there's a lot of high school coaches that ran the same system for 30 years. But good high school coaches, um, especially in small schools like I went to, you know, change their systems to and change their play calling to – you know, account for the athletes that they have in Iowa this year. I feel like we could see Stanley sit back there in the pocket. You've got running backs who can block and chip and you've got tight ends who are better blockers and receivers. Let's throw the ball around the field. You know, Oliver Martin for all the hype we had of him coming in. He's a non-factor. Yeah. They were you know? like, he, they probably don't even consider him to be like the fourth best receiver on the team. No. Um, but when there's, you know, and they're still throwing the ball 45 times a game, but it's not, did you see that one lone touchdown that they actually scored? Oh, was it Brandon Smith. Was oh, a freak. that yeah. was one of the most incredible catches of the season so far, and not just in the Big Ten or like Iowa. Like no. I'm talking of the year. Across but to the me, country. to that me, that just goes to show what catch. kind of talent you're wasting here. There are more different ways. At least when you see this, and I don't think Manning is a great play caller all the time. Tom Manning, it's Iowa State's. But one thing. Iowa State's offense is always doing is changing up formations, Schemes is, is, and is looks. scheme is motioning things in different ways. You very rarely see them run the same play out of the same sets two weeks in a row. I, the only one I will say this: the only one that they do is when they've got those two tight ends to a strong side. Right, and the only play that they'll run if they're ever under center, which rarely, it's that it's that RPO to the left or the weak side. The weak side. That's the only time they ever repeat their stuff. And right. I mean, and a case could probably be made for some of those like quick hitter outside screen passes, like those, you know, those little quick slants, but every team runs those. Every team's going to yeah. run those, you know? I, I just think it's, it's, 
Iowa has put itself unless Ferentz wants to give Brian. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's Kirk or O'Keefe who is you know, cut the playbook in half. But obviously, Brian Ferentz's play calling is not what it once was. What is the answer? You know, we hear a lot of, oh, Brian Ferentz needs to have play calling duties taken away. I mean, if you listen to Sound Off or watch Twitter or watch anything, um, there's a lot of, oh, Brian Ferentz, terrible offense corner. Well, we've seen him succeed. We've seen him had good games. But they have to put him in a position where he can do that as well. Iowa is not in a position with Gary Barta as athletic director where they can relieve Brian of his offensive coordinator duties because everybody already knows he's been named the coach in waiting. And unless Gary Barta is no longer the athletic department, Brian Ferentz is already your next head coach. So how are you going to demote someone when it's already pretty well set up that he is going to be, you know, your head coach in waiting? Yeah. And I, I agree. Like, I don't, I don't think you can, but you know, at the same time, I wonder what Brian Ferentz would do if he were in charge. Does he open the playbook? Does he try to get a little bit? Because he is a younger generation. Like, he, yeah. like yeah, he's cut from the same mold of his, as his dad. But, you know, he's he's probably got some ideas of his own. And maybe he'd like to try him. Maybe he fails miserably. Who the hell knows? Well, but. I think we saw a little bit of that. Remember a couple of years ago, I think we go back to, was it 15, the undefeated season? Undefeated regular season they had. Yeah. Where, remember, Newkirk was a thing. You know, where he was having more fun and, you know, it was more light and they were doing different stuff and broke out alternate uniforms for the first time and all this other stuff in Newkirk. Well, that was Brian's first year as an offensive coordinator as well. Um, what has changed since then? Because right now it feels like we are back to, you know, Nathan Chandler's senior year or Drew Tate's junior year or any of these times where we are back to the most predictable ball control offense. You don't wrong. When it works, it looks really good. It's really hard to beat. But in games like this, where you've made it, you've made it so hard on yourself as an offense. You know, when your defense is played, I mean, I think it's one of the five best defenses in the country. But you wear your defense out so much because they're constantly having to make up for your mistakes as an offense. Yeah, exactly. Staff. And they, I mean, they can't constantly keep you in the game. And like, just no. Like at some point, like, is there any part of the de- defensive staff that's resentful towards that, where they're just like. You know, we do this we do this game and game again where we come up with stop after stop and the offense can't seem to do its job. I mean, there's I got there's I wonder if there's any resentment there. Like I said, I'm the cynical person in in all of this. Like I like to think that there's a psychological thing going, but I, I don't think in all this stuff about people wanting to sandbag on Nate Stanley. Don't wrong we know what Nate Stanley is. He's limited in certain areas of the game, certain areas of the game he's a good he's a very good football player to exceptional football player. But benching him for kids who have never seen the field before in a season where you still have a lot left to play for. We don't know how the Big Ten West is going to shake out. Give me, don't be wrong, Wisconsin looks very good. Minnesota's still undefeated. But there's a lot of crazy stuff that can happen yet. Um, benching your, your third-year starter, senior quarterback, that's going to actually, believe it or not, end up with most of your career passing records is not the answer right now. No, I agree. Yeah. How about instead of doing that, you put Nate Stanley in a position to succeed? And let's put it this aside. They played two very exceptional defenses the last two They weeks. did. That's yeah. Are we all overblowing this? But we've seen it once in a while. Like The Purdue game scares me a little bit this week because when you get your ass kicked like that, for a better term, don't wrong, like the scores were close, but it, it never felt like I was going to win the game on Saturday. Never. When you get your ass kicked like that and your confidence is already wavering – and everybody is talking about your play calling or coaching staff or your quarterback and all this other stuff. What does that do to you as a team? Yeah, I 
it's obviously got to rock your confidence and and Purdue is Purdue's playing better. Purdue is playing better. I mean, I'm I'm the jury's still out because they do this thing where they go up and down like I think they they beat this Well, sh- there's no Rondale Moore. I mean, we're no. on a ba- we're on to a backup quarterback. Uh, so yeah, Sindelar broke his collarbone, I think, if yeah. that's right. Um yeah, we're on to a backup quarterback. That backup quarterback still threw for like 400 plus yards. But it's I mean, that's, granted, it's against Maryland that started really hot and then loses three of four. Have, so. Remember when we thought Maryland was going to be a surprise team in the in the Big Ten East? Well, they acted like it. I mean, I think, you know what happened is we— They beat the pants off Syracuse. Yeah, they beat up. the pants off Syracuse, and it brought game day and to then, Ames. And, and, and then we realized, oh, my God, the ACC is a dumpster fire. Yeah. Holy shit. It's bad. Yeah. But— yeah, I don't know. It's obviously got to rock your confidence quite a bit. And like you said, Purdue's playing better, um, but it doesn't have its starting quarterback, who I believe is either a junior or senior. He's a he's an upperclassman. And then Rondale Moore, probably one of probably preseason contender to be player of the year for the Big Ten. Oh, I think he definitely was. Um, it, it's going to be interesting, but I obviously think that Purdue's defense is not even close to no. half as athletic as Penn State or Michigan. So if the correct adjustments are made, I don't think that there's any reasonable doubt – that Brian Ferentz can't have a good week of practice and he can come back out and start swinging again. And I think that's what's going to happen. I do, but I'm, I buy into the – I buy into though? the – 17 points? No, that's assuming – well, what uh, Andrew Downs said on Twitter. That's assuming they can score That's assuming that points. they can even score 17 they are, points. Their defense is going to play so well, they are going to force Purdue to negative points in this game. Yeah, that's how they the, cover the The final points. score will be 12 to negative 10. You, yeah. covered, the po- you covered the points, Brian. <laughs> I just think with the way Purdue's played, Purdue's beat them the last couple years just because that's a system that knows how to, you know, kind of work their way around Iowa's defense and things like that. I just, for me, 17 is a lot. I do expect Iowa to win, play better, but, you know, we look at this and, you know, there's a couple times come up too, and I know you could say this for the other team as well, but Iowa's also a one-point win away from being 3-3 three and three right now. That's a good point. And you look at that, their wins are over Rutgers – Middle Tennessee and who was the first game I came from? Wyoming, Miami of Ohio. My, whoa, yeah, who played Wyoming? I don't remember. Never mind. Uh, Miami of Ohio. Missouri, right. Missouri lost to Wyoming. That's what I. Was no, 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 no. No, it wasn't Nevada. Who had a meltdown against Nevada? Purdue had the meltdown against Nevada. That's right. Like a seventeen-point meltdown. That's right. Yeah. You know, so I still think this Iowa team is one of the most talented ones we've seen the last few years. But a defense, na- that defense is nasty, nasty, man. But there's a lot of questions that need to be answered going into this week. Agreed. Right. Agreed. And then I think they get Purdue, and then is it Wisconsin after that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty tough stretch. I I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, the Purdue comes to town. Yeah, they'll get Purdue at home here. They're go go to Northwestern, then they're at Wisconsin, Minnesota at home, Illinois at home, and then at Nebraska. So three of their last four is going to be pretty tough competition. You know that Scott right. Frost is probably going to have them play in their best ball. Well, that's a game that's close no matter what. Usually. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because let's be honest, Nebraska fans consider that a rivalry, and it is definitely not a rivalry. It's been pretty freaking It's a rivalry if you've played each other like five years in a row, apparently. Well, I mean, according to Nebraska fans, they, they think it is, and I think Iowa fans just kind of slough it off or at least feed into it because it feels fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I like I I don't really consider and I'm no I'm probably really in the minority of this one, but I don't really consider K-State much of a rivalry to us because they they owned us for so long and right. like we've gotten lucky and we've pissed stuff down our legs in in these games. I consider more of a rivalry for us like like Texas Tech. 
for some reason. And I don't – but that – no, but that's – again, yeah. this is just in my head. Right. It feels like Texas Tech feels way more of like an important game to me because I remember what Texas Tech was like when I was, you know, in – you know, my younger years were like, oh, my gosh, Texas, Texas comes to aim. I hope we can beat them. And Graham, well, like, Graham Harrell was whipping the ball around. Yeah, like, no, Cole, you, you kept it close against Akron. Like, you just t- take your licks and get the <laughs> hell out of here. Piss, piss beat out of you like, by Utah. Go get a hot dog yeah. and a bag of popcorn and enjoy the show. <laughs> God. Oh, my. Well, so, anyway, so. Uh, do we need to talk about the Cyclones quick? I don't know if there's a lot to take out of this game versus. Uh, I honestly. Versus Brock Tower. I do actually. I took a bunch of notes. Of course you did. Um, I I rewatched it yesterday, and I see. How do you I have thought, time to do this shit? <laughs> okay, I don't have livestock. Uh, I don't have a kid yet. Um, for those of you that don't know, my wife is pregnant, so uh, we're gonna be adding a new member or roommate, as we like to call, to the Sheets household here. Uh, come early April. April fifth is the due date. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna get to start changing poopy diapers. But regardless. Um, Besides your own. I don't have livestock. I do my house chores, and my hobbies are sports. Like, that's what I do. So, jump in. The water's fine. It's really fun in here. It's you want to come take half of my hobbies? That'd be great. No, it's not my fault you got into the wrong thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. It's all it's all about vices. But I took I rewatched yesterday, and I like to just kind of jot down a bunch of stuff I see. And it can be a bunch of random things. But one Cole's thing. One, observations of the game. Yeah. It's a Stu's Game Notes. Stu Gatz's game notes. You ever listen to Dan Levitard? No. Oh, man, they're hilarious. Um, one thing that I really want to touch on is the um, upperclassmen running backs getting absolutely unseated. Oh, they look terrible. And, hang on a minute. They got unseated and absolutely housed by Brees Hall. And we didn't really know what we had in Brees Hall because we didn't see much of him before Saturday. But – there were we saw a there were of carries in four the ULM. There in were four UNI plays game. that stood out to me in this game. So we go three and out our first two drives. Johnny Lang, um, I think, drops a pass at one point, and Kanenuangu gets the 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 next two drives. Kanenuangu gets drives three, two, and three. We punt on drive two after a dropped pass by Tariq Milton that should have been a touchdown. He had about seventy yards of green in front of him to go to the distance, and it's. Third and ten, and Kane Nuangu gets a pass, a swing pass, and it goes right through his hands and hits him in the chest, and he drops the ball. The next drive out, Kane gets it again, and gets the swing pass, and that's where the pick six happens. I think this is Lang that series, wasn't it? Was no, it was it was Kane. Okay. Kane creates this pick six by total accident, and they they pan to Brock Purdy, Tariq Milton, and Matt Campbell on the sideline, and. Coach Campbell is chewing ass and not like screaming at him, but like he's in their grill. You know, he's got his hands together. He's giving them the the come to Jesus meeting talk. And I want to know what is said in that little huddle right there, because from that point on, the passing game looked 100 percent different. Lang never sees the field the rest of the game. Kane Nuangu never sees the field the rest of the game. And Brees Hall gets every carry from there on out if they run the ball. Yeah, he was running back on every series then he, on out. He, I don't even know if they gave him a break. No, they didn't. They, he, Which has been very unusual to what we've seen so far. And I want to know if that if that conversation Matt Campbell says right there. It's it, to me, it, it feels like one of those things where he says, "You two are the leaders of this team." There is a lack of focus because Brock at that point had thrown terrible. really bad balls at that point. Like had some he looked really, frazzled the first couple series. Yeah, and he had had some real questionable throws. Looked a little bit poopy, 
And Tariq Milton, that touchdown pass, it, yeah, it was thrown behind him, and anyone watching the replay will make that argument. But it, that ball hits him in the hands. Yep. It hits him in both hands. Yes, it's on his right hip as he's running away from the ball. But if That's you, a play he usually makes. Exactly. Campbell gets them huddled up, and I want to know if he's sitting there saying, you're the senior leaders, or you know, you're the leaders of this team. You just had a senior drop a pass and then create a pick six. Are you here to play football today? Because they're not. Are you here to play football? Type thing. Or like, and I guess maybe you can shed some light on it. Have you ever had that in in football in high school? Like, was there those come to Jesus meetings where there was a lack of focus on some people's end? Oh God, yes. And then the coach just fires you up and. Well, it's not always the coach too. Sometimes it's a it's another player, you know. So there's I was part of a lot of huddle ass tunes. So which yeah. sometimes those are even more impactful. Yeah, but just the look the look on. Milton's face because he was the one because Brock Purdy had his back to the camera the look on Milton's face is he's sitting there talking to well I he's not doing any talking actually he's doing a whole lot of listening to CMC and it was one of those things that you could tell that it was judgment day for them and Campbell was taking him to task he said like what are we doing are we are we gonna come did we come to West Virginia to play or did we come to get our ass whooped well, just I think it's so frustrating with this team right now because we've seen what they're capable of. When they're clicking on all cylinders, they're one of the top five offenses in the country. Um, and we saw with the defense in the second half, they only allow, what, 40 yards of 35. total? 35 yards of total defense in the second half, and that's with a bunch of guys banged up. Um, I it, There's still a one. you got to remember, though, like you said that there's not a whole lot to talk about. That's a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. Right. We – we had to go down the field with 12 minutes left. We kicked a field goal, or maybe 12 or 13 Brandon, minutes left. Brandon Narvison, way to go, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we kicked a field goal, converted that, and from that point, the floodgates opened for our offense. Yeah, and that was that was really cool to see. Well, Brees Hall took over. Here's the interesting thing for me, and this is going forward, because remember last week when we were talking about how Johnny Lang was the feature back? That is not the case anymore. Okay. Is... Okay, so next week is Brees Hall getting the start, and if he struggles out of the gate, are we moving to Jirel Brock? Are we moving back to Kane Nuwangu? Are we moving? Because I, I think I, That's I'm not going to go out there and say that you know automatically if if the opportunity's there that Brees Hall is going to get 26 carries again because I don't think that's how this offense works. I'm, it's frustrating because I think Campbell and them constantly they want to ride the hot hand at running back, which is great. Okay, um, you want to give the players that chance to develop. But at the same time, running backs need a few series and carries to get into a groove. Just as off, if I were an offensive lineman blocking for this, every running back, you know, makes their cuts, you know, reads their blocks, you know, and things in different ways. It would be hard to block for different guys, you know, every different series. I don't, I don't think Brees Hall comes out and starts next week, and I think it's because Kane and Johnny Lang uh, got put to the test with what happened after those mental miscues. Those things cannot happen if you're Johnny Lang as a redshirt sophomore. So this is his third year on the team, if I'm not right. mistaken. Yep. Kane Nuwangu, this is his fifth year? Fourth. Okay, so he's not a redshirt, but wasn't he was a... He redshirted last year when he tore his Achilles. Okay. Yeah. Um, you've got these he's two... the same class you, You've got these two upperclassmen that I think it was a challenge moment for them, and I think that Campbell's going to give them give them the leash and say, okay, right. go earn it back. And if they struggle out of the gate again and there's no focus there, then I think Brees Hall gets his run back. 
Right. And and that's where it's going to land. But, I mean, I could be dead wrong. Who the hell knows? But that's kind of how I read it. I think he's challenging these two kids right now. And, and right. Brees gave him the – like the he, he-, took, he took advantage of an oh, opportunity. Oh, man. Brees gave him the heaviest amount of ammunition he ever could have given him. Well, he did so many little things right. I think there was a lot of question whether – you know, the reason we saw so much of Sheldon Crony earlier because the talk was that these other running backs couldn't pass protect and couldn't chip defensive ends and things like that. Brees Hall looked really good pass protection if you go back and watch some of those clips as well. Yeah, he so, did way better. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot to take away from that. Um, one thing, I don't know how many games it's been. Deshante Jones doesn't have a catch. Uh, I think I texted you about halfway through the game, like, our offense has no rhythm, and maybe it's the point where our guy, number eight, um, that guy usually snags a lot of balls and is kind of pretty safety blanket a little bit and had no catches up to that point. Um, Petway kind of steps in in a big way. I think it's a testament to to our depth. Our was, depth, yes, yeah. exactly. Our depth and how and honestly to Brock Purdy because and not he's forcing anything. He, he's, he's willing to find yeah. the open person. Right. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna try to fit something tight into to yeah. Deshante just because it's Deshante. And I think it's it's a testament to who Deshante is as a person too, because after skates scores that touchdown in the fourth quarter, I think to put us up finally the final score of 38, no, excuse me. That was to put us to 31, right? 31 to 14. The first person there to congratulate skates, Deshante Jones. Yeah. And that's senior leader. That hell. Yeah. I'm going to miss Deshante after next year. Well, that there's going to be, he, I mean, he's just been there and been so consistent over the last four years. Yeah. You know, um, you know, those there's a couple of guys like him. So, I mean, you lose him next year. Um, Petway obviously has not been here very long, but, you know, he's kind of a really steady. I mean, I don't think we've seen Petway drop a pass at all, you know. Not that I can recall um, off the top of my head. So, I mean, but there's going to be some big shoes for guys like, you know, them to, to fill next year. You know so. who I, uh, I've i actually kind of slow, and I think maybe you even said this once when we were texting, but how cool of a safety blanket has our, have our tight ends become all of Love a sudden? It. Love it. Charlie Kohler, we, yep. Charlie Kohler, I just want to call him Gronk Jr., like he even kind of he's runs. not he's not a Gronk type no, of athlete. No, I know, but he's like, more of like a you know like a Dallas Clark or a Jason Witten who's not a freak anywhere, but is really good at finding the soft spot in the zone, you know, and just getting open and has sure hands and things like that. Yeah, but you know, one of my favorite players to watch, and if you get the chance, and if you're not an Iowa State fan, whatever, uh, I don't care. Um, find number eleven wherever he is on any given play, especially when he lines up across some defensive end or linebacker, because that dude is a freaking pit bull. You know, red flowing locks coming out the backside of his helmet, and he doesn't look like a mean no football he, but player. But he is either. nasty. Yeah. Like he is just nasty. So, and we saw Saner even with a big, I think, twenty four, twenty five yard grab. Yeah, so. Saner had a big catch. A lot of talent there. there. Yeah, all three tight ends get in the action. I love that. I love that about our our offense too. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, and like I said, I took a couple of couple three, four, five, seven notes here, and I was going to save this for our new segment, Coles. Did you know? But I'm just going to bust it out now because we're talking about them. Um, there are two teams in football uh, football subdivision that are undefeated in the month of October over the past, um, I believe, two years: Alabama, Iowa State. Let's go, baby! It just that was me knocking on wood. All right. I thought that was pretty cool, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the other thing, I, I was again with the with watching the replay late in the fourth quarter. Iowa State sealed it, and there are West Virginia fans behind the bench just heckling. And I think I even saw this on Twitter. Just one fan behind the bench just yelling, "Campbell, you suck!" Constantly at him. It was right. so great. I uh, love that. I've heard that the West Virginia fans were. I, did you see some of the stuff on Twitter? Like there was a bunch of like 
West Virginia students like harassing a, an elderly Iowa State couple that were there at the game, and some other West Virginia fans like came in and they were ready to throw down there in the bleachers, like with the West Virginia, yeah, with fans? the other West Virginia fans, like. It looks like a, I want to go to Morgantown, the worst. I was just years. thinking that, like, if if there's one away game I want to go to, it's yeah. Morgantown. They say it's a, I mean, that you know, it's it just is such truly a different rightful. experience. Yeah. So, uh, anything else, Cyclones, Hawkeyes, takeaway? No, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm good. Like you said, that's uh, we got a big week coming up. We got, we got to go to Texas, Iowa Tech. State on the road. That's a short week. You fly. I mean, those are the two longest trips in the Big Twelve. You yep. fly out to Morgantown, get yep. back, fly out to Texas Tech. Texas Tech, who, straight up. Call spade a spade here. Cover your kids' ears. Got fucked Saturday. So, but yeah, it was uh, less than ideal for them. But um, you know, Iowa State's kind of had Texas Tech's number over the past uh, couple years, and so I, I think that you know, even though it's a new coaching staff, I think that they're really going to challenge these kids too because they're the kids have Tech's been, offense, even for not having Cliff there, is putting up stupid yardage. They're they've been doing pretty good. I, I yeah. was not even in the least bit surprised that they kept up with uh, Baylor. In fact, that was one of my locks of the week last week um, that I posted on Twitter was the plus eleven for Texas Tech at Baylor. And you know, you I I've you could have been crazy and put some on the money line, and you got pretty damn close with that game because it took two yeah. overtimes, and it sounds like a blown call. Um, yeah. for Tech That's to exactly. win. Well, the Big 12. It was an illegal uh, snap just, or yeah, illegal I'm motion just keep, or something. Keep, yeah, I'm saving this for later. Um, anyways, so we, we've got – Iowa State's got a big game. Obviously, we already covered it. Uh, Iowa's got a big one coming to town, um, Purdue. Um, around the rest of the league, you know, with, with Big 10 and Big 12, I guess since we we're uh, since we were just sitting here in, in Big 12, um, Texas wins the Red River rivalry. Red River that river rivalry. Well, you can't say shootout anymore because guns are bad. Right. So, yeah, I'm offended if you say guns. Um, the Red River rivalry ends um, with a seven point victory by Oklahoma. Uh, I locked Texas up for you at 11 points. That one hits as well. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. So we had uh, two um, two teams off in the Big Big 12. Yeah, we're only three Big 12 games this week. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty bland. But next week uh, really doesn't get any spicier, truthfully. Um, and and we'll get into that a little bit more, but um, Big Ten, what a you got anything? Any big takeaways from the Big Twelve or or Big Ten? Even I mean, we can move forward. Um, Wisconsin's still good. Wisconsin um, is still very good. Michigan State bad, not good. Not Michigan good at all. State bad. <laughs> um, uh, Purdue question mark. I'm pretty sure the jury's out on over half of the Big Ten. I just think where we thought I I had really had this thought earlier in the year that the Big Ten West actually was going to be really deep and really good, and there's going to be some some talent there. It's fucking terrible. It's one team, and then the rest is just f- pretty freaking average. Yeah, I'm. I oh god, I oh you know I just and I think the league as a whole, you know, where you look at the Big Twelve, Maryland's a fraud. Yeah, I we were drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, Illinois is bad. Indiana's bad. Purdue is bad. Um, Nebraska is bad. I just. And don't wrong. Here's the deal: most of those teams are still going to make bowl games because it's, they get each other to beat up. Yeah, on. Um, and that's what the Big Ten. They do this every year, though. They lull us to sleep. Um, there's four very probably good teams in the conference. Maybe not even that many. Maybe two. Maybe one. Um, say two elite, two above average. Yeah. Um, but for me, the rest of the league, and they're all going to make bowl games. They're going to play well in bowl season because bowl prep is so different. But. Man, there's two thirds of the league that are just—it's not good football right now. No, it's not. And uh, back to my note taking um, from yesterday. I, 
I was fired up last night, but when I thought Dan was going to come over, I was looking at some of the Big Ten scores and some of the matchups and just got amped. I mean, there are so many frauds in this league right now. Uh, Penn State's on the verge of being okay. Minnesota, shout out Colin Cowherd. Minnesota's the new fake idea of college football. They've taken Iowa's place, so congratulations, Hawk fans. You're not the fake idea anymore. You're just average like the rest of the league, so... <laughs> Um, happy you could join. Happy you could join the party. Uh, Minnesota's a new fake ID, and it must be nice to get teams like Rutgers, Maryland, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, Northwestern. You get all these teams on the schedule. Well, Michigan State. I'll throw them in there. There this is. Year. They're terrible. Those those teams would be hard pressed to compete with Kansas. I think. Wow, well, I'm not gonna go that. Well, way. I don't know, man. But I don't. I think there's a lot of. It's just it's so different where. You know, I I think no I'm wrong. Texas Tech isn't a world beater, but I think teams like Texas Tech, Baylor, K State, you know, they have the type of these, offenses. They to, there's to, they can compete with anybody any given week, and there's four or five teams from the Big Ten where it it's another bye week. It's another Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, and so you can say what you want about the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is a group of twelve teams that are pretty average. And what's the Big Ten got in it now? They have fourteen. They have fourteen teams. The Pac-12's got a, a bunch of average teams that beat up on each other, but I, you know, if you look at Utah, Arizona well, State, there's a lot of Washington, teams that Washington play State decent football, yeah, and there's a bunch of decent teams, but man, some of the stuff like after you get past, you know, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Penn State, I'm ugh, gonna throw Michigan in. You Mi- get Michigan past, and Penn State this week's gonna be fun. You uh, game day going there? Do we know yet? I believe yeah they are. That has State to be. College. Yep. Past those four teams. What do you have? The next one in line would arguably be Minnesota, and they haven't played anybody. Got to win the games that are on your schedule. I, uh, yeah, I understand. Holy cow, man! I just was, I was just chomping at the bit last night, just wanting to get all that undone and off my chest. Should we but, go into heat index? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We we talked about a little bit of the Big Twelve, and one my one note, and it's the only note I need to bring up. Uh, Big 12, and actual football conference. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, heat index. What are you thinking, Dan? Who's uh, who's right. who's hot for you? Hot Big 10 and Big 12. Give them to and me. This this probably isn't going to work, but here's, here's my hot Big 10. Hold on. I think that's Minnesota's fight song. If I the the fighting PJ Flex the after Cole's talk shit about them for the last twenty minutes. Hey man, win the games that are on your schedule. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. Win. On that one. Hang on a minute. I'm gonna agree with you on that one because I actually wrote down Minnesota as mine as well. Well, because but that's deal. two weeks in a row that I wrote down Minnesota. So I'm gonna give you credit. You you first, had a good call. The first Great. Three you picked one year, with the weakest conference. The first schedule. three weeks of the year we were pretty on the fence because they struggled with SDSU. They struggled with bad teams. But you know what? They beat the pants off Illinois. They beat the pants off Nebraska. Poor, dear, old, sweet Nebraska. Yeah, the Nebraska team that you predicted to break a bunch of offensive records. Not looking good. Get lost, nerd. Good. You're a nerd. Um, yeah, go Gophers. The fighting PJ Flex. All right, fair enough. Move on from your dumb Gophers take. Who's your Big 12 hot team? My Big 12 team? Hold on, hold on. Uh, let's see. He'll cue up the um, Oklahoma fight song. 
bum, 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 bum. You need to be stopped. You need to be stopped. I don't know how that's going to sound on the on the deal. Actually, but. probably pretty horrible. <laughs> um, one pace point. I can pick Oklahoma every weekend. Doesn't matter. The Oklahoma defense, more than anything, and Cole was right. Let, Dan uh, oh, was oh, because you wanted to break Let's out some. This. Hang on, you wanted to break out some text messages last week. Let's. I think you ought to break some more text messages out, Dan. What I will did say I, this. I was wrong. I did not believe the Oklahoma defense was that improved. Kenneth Murray was all over the field. Freak. Um, were they? Was Texas sacked nine times? Eight I times? Nine times? That. Um, boys and girls, um, Oklahoma has a defense, and it's good. I, I think I texted you right away. I texted my brother the same thing. I said, a half into the Red River showdown. The only thing I had learned is that Oklahoma apparently plays more defense than LSU. But they were aggressive. They flew. They caused turnovers. Um, Sam Ellinger was flustered. Alex Grinch, two claps. Way to go. Um, that's a game where Iowa State's usually hung in well the last couple of years just because they play the right style of defense to defend them. Uh, Matt Campbell teams don't get blown out, but – they finally have a defense, I think, now that will look good in the playoff and can be aggressive enough and do well. Yeah, and actually compete. Um, yeah. And I said this to you. I went back and found text messages because oh, I'm gonna, go. I'm putting you on blast because you did it to me. Um, you know, I we were sitting here, John, back and forth. Um, hey, I offered you to give me the points in Texas. No, you were freaking slapping your chest hard as hell. And I said, if you're that confident, confident, you don't need points. Uh you you sent me a screenshot of Texas Longhorns defensive line should have an opportunity against Oklahoma Sooners backup tackles at both positions. And all you said said to me is I'm telling you OU is going to get beat. I said their defense is way better than previous years and will keep them in the game. The backup tackles hinder the offense, which I don't see happening. Texas has young secondary. They're not losing. Lock it up. You don't think their defense is that improved is what you text me. I said, I'd argue De'Eric King at Houston has awful lot of hype coming into this year, and they shut him down. Only allowed 17 points to Texas Tech team that scored 45 on OSU. Granted, they allowed 20 to Kansas, but we'll let that slip. Saying there are enough there to assume they're pretty effing talented on both sides of the ball. Lock it up, Dan. I was wrong. You were right. That's the way it goes. Okay. Put me on blast by rereading text, and then you won't even do it when you're wrong. I was wrong. That's a I serious do double it. standard. You're like female. <laughs> you are. You're like high school girlfriends. Okay. You're fake news. All right. Cool. Um, my Big 12 team, you, you and I just clean sweet. We have a perfect cake, as they'd say on the Murph and Andy show. I also had OU. OU is just absolutely scalding. They're good. I think they're legit. Uh, they're, I good. Think they're legit. They're good. I and mean, they are so, what impressed me so much is, you know, when you had Baker and all these guys and everything, you know, you had good running backs who put up good numbers. But they are so versatile now with Hurts back there. Um, and really, they are a threat to hit any big play at any time. C.D. Lamb is like not even a human person at this point. That's why I don't think like, that like anybody that wants to put too much stock into the f- in the fact that they just didn't kick Texas's ass. Here's the: uh, it did I, feel I, I like will, Texas was going to win any point in that football game. Yeah, and I will say this: no matter how good or bad one side of that game is, whether it's OU being bad, which is very rare, or it's Texas being bad, which is actually more common with recent years. Um, that game is always close, no matter what. It's like it is the same as the Iowa Iowa State games, where we can like Iowa State can just Albeit be at a much higher level, right? Iowa State can just be absolute dog shit and figure out a way to beat Iowa in Jack Trice in the year two thousand and 
six with five field goals and don't even have to score a touch. It's just crap like that. So, you know, that's why I don't think that you can put too much stock in the fact that, that OU didn't blow them out of the water because Texas wasn't going to come in and roll over and die. Like, that's got, that game has a lot of heart. That one's kind of on my bucket list. I want to go to the Texas State Fair. Oh, that Cotton would be Bowl. so yep. much fun. I want to go to that game. I'd like to go to, um, go to the game. At the Death Iron Valley, I really yeah. yeah. Or what do they call Auburn in uh, Iron Bowl? Yeah, Iron Bowl. Auburn, Alabama would be sweet. Um, hey, grab me a beer while you're there. Is that what you're doing? That a boy. Uh, Auburn, Alabama would be sweet. I honestly think that um, any two Florida schools matching up, I think a Miami, Florida State game, if Miami both. Even have fans. Well, right, but if if the two teams are good, I think that would be a good time. You know, like back in like the early two thousands, that those games would have been fun. FSU and Miami. Um. I mean, there's a Bobby I mean, there, there's walking a, back through that door. Dude, there's a whole show that you and I could do just on bucket list, like college Rivalries. football. I think we should oh, write man. that down. Yeah, write that, I, put, I think put that is. I think that was on the initial Google Doc um, labeled the podcast. I oh. believe, if I if I'm not mistaken, many moons ago. Many moons, many moons, uh, as in about what? Like a month ago. Twelve weeks. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So let's move on. Okay. So that was hot blooded. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's move on to our second favorite foreigner subject here in uh, Cold as Ice. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Danny, um, I let you start hot blooded. I'm going to kick it off here. Uh, my cold team and I'm going to stick in the Big 12 here. Um, another fun note that I had from um, sitting down here watching some NFL games and, and just um, reflecting on a fun weekend of football. My, my cold team is none. Our conference doesn't suck. Um, the big <laughs> 10, the big 10 cold team. Well, Kansas was off this week. So give them that. Uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, the big 10. Um, I have three teams written down because I'm so low on it right now. Maryland, Michigan state, Nebraska, uh, just start rattling off. You know what? We're, we we'll give we'll give teams like Indiana and Rutgers a pass. Rutgers has just never been anything, so they can just. Oh man, Greg Schiano is going to bring it back to the top. That would be that's going to happen. Uh, we'll we'll give those two teams passes, but Northwestern, a team that has played in played in the Big Twelve champ or gosh, Big Twelve. No, they don't belong in the Big Twelve. The Big Ten championship last year, and I think they have two wins right now. Like. Come on, wah, wah, wah. come on, come on. So uh, the big, the big 10 conference just as like three quarters of it is cold. So your turn. Um, my cold team from the big 10. I, oh, W. That's enough. Hey, could there, you know, I, I just want to throw that out there, you know, for a, a fan base that thinks we're so original and talks about how great they are all the time, all the time. Their two biggest traditions on game day, they stole one from Ohio State, <laughs> and they stole one from Florida. Well, their, their their other two traditions is the the third one is passing a giant burrito through the air on the jumbotron. Well, you can't forget the most the yeah the most heartwarming. We'll give them that the most heartwarming tradition in all of college football is they turn around and wave at all the sick kids. Yeah, but no one's going to sit here and argue that that hospital isn't the greatest part of Iowa city's campus because it 100% is um, my, my big 12 um, foreigner bad subject is um, I'm just throwing the whole conference and the referees under the bus here because they've done it to us the whole time. I don't know if you saw this, Go off, the Dan. big, the big 12 made a statement this week, which Iowa state we have, but weird. Um, we have a few of these hanging on our wall about how, so I don't know if you saw the end of, Texas Tech Baylor went into overtime. Baylor fumbles the ball 
Um, Texas Tech recovers, is going to end the game, going to win. Um, gets blown dead on in on what they called Baylor had an illegal snap. Which so Baylor gets replay, keeps the game live, ends up. Is winning. that where the center hand flinches or something? Yeah, or they like move that. the ball up. So, and as a center, it's hard to get comfortable doing that. I've 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 I long snapped. I've done. It's it's difficult. Um, but the Big Twelve goes in and makes an announcement today, basically an apology to Texas Tech that that was the wrong call and everything else made. So um, there was only three Big Twelve games this weekend. So I'm going to go ho- ahead and throw the officiating under the bus. There's to that. Look at that. There's no uh, there's no cold teams in the Big Twelve. Take note. Take note. Other conferences. Uh, well, you have the Kansas schools off. That happens. So oh, that's a fair point. I'll give you that one. That's fine. Um. So so there you have it. There's the there's the cold. And there's the hot. That's the heat index. That's what we call the heat index around here, baby. So if you want to, if anyone wants to sponsor the heat index with alcohol, yeah, they the, can do it, that. I I feel like that should be um an HVAC company should. Should sponsor the heat index. C&K, somebody like that. Yeah, C&K. Yeah. Um, and we need Cyclone Liquors to be sponsoring the cocktail of the week Ooh, here. Oh, I like that. Um, no, but uh, irregardless, moving on, which is totally a word. Um, I, I wrote down some games to watch, and truthfully, I, the, the national landscape, there's really not a whole lot going on, I don't think. I mean, there's some fun ones. There's There's really not some real barn burners going, but I think there's a couple real fun ones in the Big 12. I mean, you get – you get Baylor at OSU. OSU is going to want a big bounce back week here after dropping one to Texas Tech, um, and then Iowa State going to Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech's playing good right now. Those are two really fun, fun, ga- Duffy. fun games that'll be fun to watch. Um, big Ten, Purdue, and Iowa. I'm still going to watch that. Um, I have a little fun stat on Purdue and Iowa here coming up in uh, the new Coles Did You Know segment. Uh, Michigan at Penn State, which, uh, like we touched on, is going to host game day here. That'll be a fun game. I I, I believe Penn State has opened up um, as a four-and-a-half-point underdog at home, which what? I want to gobble that up because, first of all, Shea Patterson is absolutely horrible. Michigan's not going to score more than seven points, and I think Penn State's offense is good enough to score 17. So, Michigan's got the fumbly fingers. Yeah, they, they had, hands are slippery. They had too much popcorn. Um, couple other around the country. I'm, I'm, I don't know about you guys and Dan, I don't, what kind of cable package do you have? Like, what do you, what do you got going? <laughs> um, so we moved, right? So we had the direct TV super package at our old house, um, because we didn't have good internet. And so we had to get everything from there. Um, where I believe I live in part of the sticks where internet is still a hard thing to get. So we moved and now we just get better we don't get satellite internet we just get the shittiest package of normal internet like five and a half megs a second yep it's slow but now we can stream a little bit but we can only stream one device so like if we're watching something on netflix or whatever we can't be on the wi-fi on my computer otherwise it won't run so the reason i asked anyway is because i i steal parker parker has direct tv now and i i I take i just use his password so thanks parker no but what i was going to build off of that was that i've got an espn plus package if you would like espn plus i will give you my login info and you do you have a roku or do you have an amazon fire stick i I believe you can get the espn plus app on that roku i have it downloaded i just haven't and i'm probably about the only person in this but i like to um you know, I spend my I spend my Saturdays. You There's know, gonna be a bunch of Big Twelve basketball games on ESPN Plus yeah, this year. Whether it's uh, whether it's after tailgating or if we have an away game like we did, I like to spend my day 
on the couch like the rest of us, have coffee in the morning, maybe chase it with a Bloody Mary, have some beers the rest of the day, watch football if I'm lucky enough and my wife doesn't drag me out of the house because I'm a hermit crab. One of my favorite things, and I'm almost ashamed to admit this, we'll go to bed at night and I've got a little fire stick in my in my TV in my bedroom. I have watched an inappropriate amount of Mountain West and Pac-12 games this year. <laughs> But I love it. I was glued to Hawaii and Boise State at about, I think it was about mid- hey, hey, midnight. I'm pretty sure somebody said Boise State finishing the year undefeated. That was a prediction made. It wasn't me, was it? Yeah, it was you. No, I just you. said they were in my top 15. Oh. But well, yeah, they're, they're running the table. Group of five yeah. champion. They're, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, UCF can fly a kite. Get out of here with UCF. Uh, so, anyways, Arizona State at Utah. Utah is minus 13 and a half. I see that one being closer. Fighting Herm Edwards. Oregon, Oregon at Washington. Washington is plus three. I see Oregon winning that game by ten points. Um, Boise State at BYU. I think that's a late game. I think that thing kicks off at nine o'clock. That could be a good football game. Uh, BYU plus five and a half. Um, that one. That one's weird. I think Boise can put up a ton of points. Now but BYU, I think BYU are they defense, independent? They're not. No, they're um, no, they're not Mount West. I think they're independent now. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Yeah. I'll have to look into that one. Um, and then a real fun game that kicks off late, um, I believe, like Hawaii and uh, – oh, they got a conference game. Ho- Hawaii's on the latest slate. They're at like 11 p.m., which well, would yeah, be – Well, yeah, they're a, six hours yeah, later they're a, than they'd us. Yeah, they'd be a 5 p.m. game out there. And so, like, I just that – was, that was where I was leading into this is I don't know if anyone else likes watching those Pac-12 games, but the Pac-12 is actually a little entertaining. Like, they've got some athletic kids on the field out there. And I've been, I've been liking watching that. So, anyways – um, those are the games to watch. I think, um, I, like I said, it's kind of a dull week. I don't think there's really any good sec stuff that's going on this week. Have you, did you see any stuff going on in the sec? I haven't looked. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but I guess I, I found a couple of little fun facts. I, uh, I found going through my computer and, uh, saw a couple on the NFL live segment. Oh wait, are we going to the next segment? Would you like to build off of something else, Dan? Wait, wait. What are you talking about? I was just I was just asking you if you'd like to build off of something else. Oh no, I thought we were going to the the cold did you know. Oh yeah, do you want to go into did you know? Can I can I we don't have cool tech to make really cool intros yet, so I'm just gonna do this with my voice. Welcome to Cole's Did You Know segment. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Sponsored by E B trailers. <laughs> yes. Uh okay, so I'll start with uh a really, really, um, I guess maybe depressing or um, not depressing depends on how you look at it because he's lived a fine lifestyle. Uh, four years ago, our friend Lamar Odom was hospitalized for doing too much coke, um, and that was on that was on ten thirteen. So on Sunday, it was four years ago. He had too much booger sugar and found himself in the clink. Um, with. Re- with relation to Sunday, also 26 years ago, the only player ever to be carried off of Notre Dame's field, Rudy, played defensive end in his first game for the Irish and recorded a sack. He was offsides, and it's a fan- it's a fairy tale. If none of it's true, you're an idiot. Go home. He was offsides. You're offsides. Um, and then, uh, kind of going back into um, stuff that kind of happened today on 10:14. Um, since we are big Cubs fans here, Dan, do you know what happened today on October 14th? October 14th, besides my little brother's birthday. Steve Bartman deflects the ball oh, away from God, Moises Alou. That. Have you watched that 30 for 30? It's depressing. Oh, I it's feel so bad for that guy. Fuck him. Uh, no. Fuck I was Cubs a child. Fans. I was a child. Dude, screw Cubs fans. I remember I went down to take a shower. 
thinking, oh, this is in the bag. And Marlins ain't got shit on us. And I, I didn't even see it happen. I went down to take a shower because it was on TV. And I come back, and 13-year-old Dan, whoever it was, was like, what the hell happened? Well, I don't feel bad for you because you jinxed it. You you took the win, and you went to shower. Like, that's your fault. You walked away from the TV. So this is your fault. Oh, Cubs fan, this is Dan's fault. Um, so that, that happened today. Um, there were a couple little fun sports stats that I found. Um, so we're not just going to talk about Lamar Odom doing coke. Uh, when it comes to wins by opponents in Kinnick Stadium, do you know who has the most wins? Oh, it's Purdue, isn't it? It's Purdue. Yeah. That's who's coming to town. Purdue has 20 wins in Kinnick. That's a crazy stat. Mm-hmm. Of all programs, it's that shit-ass program that has the most wins in Kinnick. Then again, once we split the conference, they only play Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State like every 14 years. That's so. exactly right. Um, and then, with regards to our Monday night game on, on the TV right now, which uh, we're probably going to switch to, although it is real, a lot of fun watching the cards get beat. I'm really digging that. Um, the Lions are playing in Lambeau. Um, prior to 2015, the Lions were previously O for their last 23 in Lambeau, which is absolutely astounding so for 23 years they did not win in lambo that's just astounding starting in 2015 they have won three of the last four in lambo hmm. but that's rogers has really had kind of some limited offensive weapons jordy nelson really took a step back they got rid of randall cobb um their running game hasn't really ever been the since been the same since eddie lacy which eddie lacy decided he liked crispy creams way more than he liked playing football which granted so do I. So I can't throw stones here. But, um, Haven't been the same since Amon Green left. Amon Green. Nice name pull. I like that one. Yep. Uh, so we're going to see what happens here with the Lions. Uh, I think they uh, they could pull off an upset. I think they're only a three-point underdog. So uh, Lions are actually playing pretty good. They should have beaten the Chiefs. The Lions, this is a, a team for a, another episode. Very underrated color scheme amongst NFL teams. I would disagree with that. Oh, with blue and silver, I like it. Uh, Honolulu blue. You know That's what good. really? You know what's really gross? Uniforms that they wear are those really plain ones, like the, like the plain the gray. The Thanksgiving ones. Those are oh, awful. Those are awesome. You know what? I think some of my favorite uniforms in Chargers powder blue. The Chargers powder blue, or like you ever see some of those old ones that they have where it's the navy, the navy helmets with the yellow face masks. Oh, and the Chargers. Those are pretty cool. Those are sweet. Those are sweet. Those are Some of the cool. coolest updated ones, like the updated throwbacks, are the Miami Dolphins one the, with the gray the face Dolphin mask. Yeah. Throwbacks. Oh, those need to be there full time. Those are. Oh yeah, <laughs> the new like the new like Disney Dolphin they have on the front, like that's the cartoon character. Like, what are we playing for Moana around here? This is bullshit. You guys look like idiots. It's no wonder Josh Rosen's your quarterback. You fools. Oh no, Fitz Fitz Fitzpatrick. I, I don't know if you saw this. The Dolphins almost won a game this weekend. Fitz Fitzpatrick, more like shits Patrick. He's bad. So are the Dolphins. Everybody's All bad. Right. I feel bad for Christian Wilkins, like just a top five pick. And his he's he's going to wither away. He's going to wither away like Blake Bortles did. Like just uh, all this talent gone to waste. And here we are. All right. We have a new segment. Oh, God. We call it, for lack of a better, I'm going to come up with something better. But I call it face off. Okay, Dan, let's face off. Cole has a bad idea. I have a good idea. Shut ideas. up. And maybe even sometimes we're going to agree, but we're going to take opposite sides. And I want to hear from our followers on the socials media. 
who was smart we'll put, and who was we'll dumb. put out a poll. Okay, but we have one, I have one rule with this because I know how you're going to act with this, okay? Especially because I know the topic we're about to hit. You cannot grandstand for 25 minutes on this stupid subject, okay? I'm going to yes, you, you freaking chatty Kathy. I'm going to make my points well, this and is I'm going to get poll. and I'm going to yeah, and I'm going to get out. Yeah, well, Randy Evans says it's too long, and Randy knows everything. Well, we have been a little long. What? How long are we at now? We should, I should maybe know that. Hour and three minutes. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so the the debate at hand. And, Dan, I'm going to let you go first because this is going to be like uh, – this is going to be like around the horn. I'm going to cut you off when you've had enough, okay? All right. We're going to debate trick plays, um, yay or nay. This, this Where this stems from is – Iowa State game, we were coming out of a rain delay. Um, Iowa State hits the double pass, which they had set up um, against you and I with a bunch of screens to Deshante Jones. It's something we've actually seen about one double pass a year, I feel like, since Campbell's been here. Um, Petway, big touchdown. And in in crowd's fired up, team's fired up, out of a rain delay, everyone's going bonkers, juicy wiggles blaring. And I get a text from Cole saying, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. Saying that the trick play is stupid because it means can't put a hat on a hat and just beat him straight up. That is not even close to what I said. It said it means you thought we couldn't beat him straight up. That's 100% what it means. No, not in the slightest. <laughs> not in the slightest. So I am going to vouch for why trick plays in football or gadget plays or whatever they are are a good thing. You have a minute. Okay. God damn it. A minute? Clock's ticking away, baby. You better get your shit together. All right. Momentum in football is a thing. Very much a thing. I'll agree with that. Getting your crowd into it, getting your offense or defense pumped up. We've seen it when the defense has been dragged out. So a big shift of momentum can fire up not only your defense and all these things. The same way a punt return or a kick return for a touchdown, interception return. Momentum is a very tangible thing in a football stadium and for a football team. Um, we've seen it time and time again. Even when teams scoring points, it can be a little deadhead. For me, a trick play, being a double pass, being a flea flicker, being a hook and ladder, is no different. And for me, if you look back, these terms flea flicker, hook and ladder came out of the 50s, 60s, you know, where these things were more commonplace. The reason we don't see it very much today is typically there are two exchanges of a football in normal football play. Center to quarterback, quarterback to running back, tight end, wide receiver, wherever it's going. In this trick play universe we're looking in, whether it's a double pass, whether it's a flea flicker, a hook and ladder, whatever it is, Statue of Liberty, um, we're just seeing one more exchange of the football, which means there's more room for error. There's a chance that another fu- another handoff is botched, um, you know, things like that. But for me, it is no different than when, say, an Iowa Hawkeye team has ran 42, you know, zone right, four plays in a row. You know, on first down, eight plays in a row, they've ran 42 or 24 zone right, whatever. And they've ran the same play on first down. Well, guess what happens? The next time they run out, what do they do? They play action off of it. It's no different than what we saw on Saturdays. Brees Hall ran, 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 ran. And we've seen them bite hard on play action for a Joe Skates touchdown. For me, it is no different. Flea Flicker is just an extended version of a play action play. 
Um, instead of a fake handoff, you're handing off the running back. He's thrown back. That's why we saw C.D. Lamb wide open. Um, a double pass, typically, like we saw in the Iowa State game, is just set up off a bubble screen. We've seen it them already set it up with Real Mitchell. Is just another look off a play. Is you're okay, setting, you're done. No, you're no. done. No, you're done. It's no All different. All you're doing is arguing. Any normal you're... normal plays in football are designed to exploit. A defense that whether it's you're a mesh, arguing, whether it's mesh routes, good whether game it's combat. You're literally yeah, just arguing. It no, it's not. And guess what? Play. If you aren't good enough to line up and put a hat in a hat and beat somebody like Paul Rhodes teams were, then why not? What do you have to lose? Okay. Why is I, it a bad I thing? Said why you are got, trick I plays said you bad? you got a minute and I gave you three. I want you to tell me why they're bad. They're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad. What it says to me is that my team and our kids are not good enough to beat you heads up. All you're arguing for is... Is I'm just saying it's another facet. Yeah. It's good scheme. Is what it Shut is. Shut up! It's my turn. All I'm saying is that you're arguing for good scheme, good play calling, setting them up, going left, and then faking right, and then going left again. Crap like that. Trick plays, running back, wide receiver passes, things like that, are putting the ball in the hands of a player on your team that does not normally perform a particular skill or activity, i.e. Deshante Jones to, to LaMichael Petway on the wide receiver pass shows Iowa's defense that you they can't touch you. You know what it showed because Iowa's defense? Because they can't, All they whatever you, Petway's you know what, Dan? Smoke this, is, this is what makes me know you're wrong is because you can't shut up long enough for me to finish my thought. So take your loss, go home with your tail between your legs, because you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to even say finish my thoughts. Okay, so, finish your thought, Cole. No, I'm done, because I won. Let us know, followers. Trick plays are not a bad thing. All I'm saying is that it says to the defense and the defensive no. coordinator that they don't think they can beat you, go kick their ass. No. Wrong 100%. No. Wrong 100%. All you did was argue for play-action pass. Play-action pass, think play action pass is not even close. How is play action pass that different from a flea flicker? Besides the fact it's done more. It, what do you, how, how is that even a question that you can even pose? Instead of faking a handoff, you're actually handing it off. You're you're sucking the defense in. You're drawing the defense it's in. It's the scheme. It's the a normal football play. A flea flicker is not a normal football play. 50 years ago it was. Flea flickers were normal At 50? one point, a forward pass was a trick play then. <laughs> the forward pass was a rare thing. It was illegal. Yeah, and then we only saw it like two times a game. Oh my God, they threw the ball. We down still the field. only see it two times a game. Have you ever watched Big Ten football? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right, All we're, right. Mo- we're yeah. moving on. Let uh, us know who won. It was me. Dan, just shut up. Okay, uh, we'll move on. You had another idea for a, a little segment. You called a slap bet or um, you know part of cash consideration. So expand on that idea because I'm not sure I totally. Oh, we are calling Coles. Coles. I came up with a really good. You know, I don't know if you've seen baseball trades where. Oh, it's such and such. We're trading Javi Baez and cash cash considerations to the Mets for something bad. Um, anyway, for so something bad. That's what I'm gonna call Cole's losing bets segments is cash considerations. Hey, I'm not losing. I'm uh, I'm 14 and 11 right now on our locks for the week. 14 and 11. Yeah, I'm above five. I'm above. I'm above. You're 500. making money. Then what is it? You gotta be 52 percent on your bets to 
Being the black. Uh, 56, I think is what it is. Something like that. But, uh, my personal book is not matching up with my, uh, with my room for error podcast book, which if I were smart, I'd be, uh, you know, betting with my head and not my heart here because that's what I'm doing with, uh, with our podcast. And then I get into, you know, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, I'm sitting here placing my bets and I'm putting all these stupid parlays together that there's no way they're going to hit. But in my mind, it's like, well, they might. So, I've kind of been acting like an idiot, and so I'm going to take a little hiatus from actually gambling on it. But I, I do have some games, um, I, and I want to tell a story here. Sunday, I, I, I finally put some of my last money in my William Hill account for um, a four-leg parlay. Uh, I took the Saints plus two-and-a-half at Jacksonville, and that hits. I took the over um, at 55 on Kansas City and Houston, and that actually pushes, but in a parlay – all it does is just take your bet out. Um, and then I had Seattle. There was no line. There was no favorite. It was a pick'em game between them and the Browns. Them and the Browns was a pick'em. Vegas knows something we don't because I would have said that. It was pretty close. Four point I, game, right? If it was, yeah, if it was Seattle minus seven, I might have still taken Seattle because I thought there was no way that Cleveland could even get close. See, Vegas knows stuff. Like it, it is so weird. Like even their lines, when. A favorite covers like if they have Clemson minus twenty seven against Florida State. Clemson, Clemson played Clemson. Angry. Clemson wait, wins by like twenty eight, and you look at it, it's like, well, they covered, but it was literally the number that they said it was going to be, and it gets weird like that sometimes. And so, oh, here well, we no go. No different than Texas, Oklahoma. We saw a nice look at that cover. Lions are up by six. Three of the last four, baby. I'm telling you. Uh. Vegas, Vegas just knows stuff, and so, uh, uh, like I said, uh, that my third leg there was was uh, Seattle picked at the Browns, and that ends up hitting due to some terrible miscues. And my last leg, so I had a twenty five dollar bet on the board on a four leg parlay for like a a plus eleven hundred eighty three odds. So my payout was going to be about three hundred and fifty dollars. My last leg was the Dallas Cowboys. At the Jets on a touchdown favorite. Sam Darnold's first game back. Cowboys playing two backup tackles. And they got absolutely clubbed. And I think if you'd have given me the option at that moment in time, I would have fired the entire coaching staff of the Dallas Cowboys. It just, it was ugly. So I had a good chance there. And, uh, it uh, didn't, didn't really work out for me that well, but that's okay. I think I need a break. I think that's what I'm going to do here before I go dump about another 200 bucks into my account and piss my wife off. I feel like um, you are about one leg away from breaking these parlays every week. That's the thing, man. Like, I, I'm I'm close. I'm really close, but I don't want to get greedy, you know, because that's how, I mean, let's be honest, that's how gambling addictions are born, right? Like right. some person just continually You're lose sweaty. little tiny. You are sweaty even talking about this. You're yeah. glistening. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna start breathing heavy and swooning. Oh. Sorry. This shout out to Andy Luck. I hope retirement's treating you well, buddy. Uh so moving forward, cash considerations. Like I said, I'm fourteen and eleven so far. Last week I was two and two. Um I've got four early lines here that I thought were really intriguing. Um Pittsburgh at Syracuse plus three. That's a Friday night game. I am over two on Friday night games. Bound to work out of the slump, baby. We're going for it. We're we're taking Syracuse plus the three. Uh, Purdue eighteen and a half plus eighteen and a half at Iowa. That's assuming Iowa can score nineteen points. 
So I think that game's going to be closer than what Vegas thinks it's going to be. I bet Iowa wins by 10, Purdue covers. Easy. I think that's a pretty easy one. Florida at South Carolina. South Carolina just coming off the huge upset of Georgia. Georgia had four turnovers in that game. Carolina, this is a classic hangover game for these big teams. Florida, we watched Florida hang with the number two team in the nation, if not arguably the number one team in the nation well, in LSU. The one after that. They hung in there and were within a touchdown until late, and, and, and LSU gets a backdoor cover on the minus 13.5. Florida minus 5.5. No one, I cannot think of any any reason why you wouldn't think that Florida is going to win that game by at least ten points. Lock that bad boy up. For me, though, how long is this QB facade Florida has going on going to keep working out? What do you mean QB facade? I mean Kyle Trask and these guys. Like, how long are we going to see this kind of? I know, think Kyle Trask is actually pretty good. I don't think he's got necessarily arm talent or read skills or like being able to fit balls into windows and like having that instinct. But just like physical tools, I think the kids got them. And that's something that quarterbacks at Florida have not had in a really long time. Like, what are their previous four quarterbacks? Felipe Franks, who was their quarterback I'm last year. remembering beyond that. They have had some pretty poor quarterbacks. Right. And I'm not saying Kyle Trask is a world beater by any means, but he's got physical tools, and that's something that they have not had in a really, really long time. And then they're, they got another – their backup quarterback came in and ran a couple wildcat plays and actually looked really good himself. I, I can't remember his name, honestly. Anyways, I think that one's a pretty well easy lock. Um, and then my final one, the Giant Killers, the Temple Owls, are going to SMU. SMU, the number 19 team in the country, minus 7.5. Temple coming off, knocking off one of the few undefeated teams left in the in the country in Memphis. They go into Memphis and win by six or four or something like that. Don't even take it to overtime. Just soundly beat an undefeated Memphis team. I will remind you, Temple also knocks off Maryland early in the year. Temple doesn't have hangovers, it seems, at this point. It starts Saturday. SMU has the number 15 rated offense in the country. Temple's defense is rated as like mid-50s. At home, I see in Texas, I see the ponies. Ponies, Pony, ponies are ponies oh, yeah. are winning. Ponies are winning that one by two touchdowns. I'm going four and zero. Those are four locks. Those are crispy clean, crispy cream, baby. What? Yeah, I don't know. They just rolled off. The are tongue. we gonna find one? Okay, so I I think. I, what do you want? Like, Cole and you I want to make something some, like a find big us line, a random line. Um, Cole and I are gonna have. I I want to find us a bet here once a week or every couple weeks we can have where either I get a pick Cole's Twitter handle. Or Cole could pick mine, or we get I a get random a pick Cole's Twitter handle. Or you know, he gets to randomly slap me in the face. Do you, you want to do like all FBS games, or should we do like a FCS game, or like a top twenty-five matchup, just so it makes it a little funner? How about yeah? Can you hit like random, random, like pick a random game where you don't even care about the line? I get a pick. I get a pick though if you're picking the game. Uh, but see, I can't do that. Like this isn't just like it's not an iPod just shuffle. Scroll. Okay. Just pick one. Scrolling, scrolling, shuffle. scrolling, scrolling. Okay. Oh, this one actually might be fun, though. Okay. Well, so are we going to go point spreads, or are we doing just straight up, like you pick one team and I pick the other? No, I think we got to go with the spread. Depends on the week. You don't get to pick a different game, Cole. Okay, they're late games, though. All right, let's do this. Nevada at Utah State. Utah Utah State has not been kind to me so far this year. Utah State's a (laughs) 21-point favorite. 
Utah State's a 21-point favorite at Nevada. Uh-huh. Didn't Nevada beat Purdue? Uh-huh. That's a I team. am taking the Wolfpack to cover. But wait, hang on. Why do you get to choose? Because you picked the game. But it was random. I didn't do it on purpose. Well, the okay, how about this? Cool. I don't know that. Okay, that, okay, let's do this. I'm going to pick the game, and then I'll let you pick the team. All right. That seems more fair. Like, I'll right. find one that, I, that I'll be okay with either side going. <laughs> Arizona State at Utah. Utah minus 13 and a half. I take the Devils to cover. Okay, I'll take I'll take the Utes. Okay, Devils cover. What what are we wagering? Hmm. Um. The loser has to shotgun two full beers before the episode next week. Oh, can we make it shots of fireball or something instead? Okay, two shots, two shots okay. of uh, a lose winner's choice of shots. So like, yeah, winner's choice. All right, I got I got the Sun Devils to cover. Okay, you heard it right. here first. That's gonna be a good game though, so yeah. that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Okay, deal. All right, um, kind of going forward from there. I mean, we've covered a lot of college football. I mean, I don't really want to get into the NFL, but um, I don't really feel like talking about baseball. No, that's cool. I think it's the Cubs. It's the managerial is gonna come down to. It sounds like uh, Will we, we had- Will Venable is a candidate for the Padres as well as. The Phillies, it sounds like, but it is Rossi's job to lose right now. Joe Girardi is interested in the Mets. Carlos Beltran has declined an interview with the Cubs. Did they say Girardi's really interested in the Mets? Yeah, Girardi, uh, Girardi's interested in the Mets. Um, they said, did you hear that? Car- I listened to Kaplan. They said Girardi's interview um, with Theo and Jed eight hours. eight hours. Yeah, well, they don't know him very well, I don't think. But Ross came in, and they went to Starbucks and had a cup of coffee. Well, they know. Well, Ross is literally in the office with okay, him. Okay, part of me thinks so, like conspiracy theory. David Ross was kept on as a special assistant to, to the, the re- GM. To the regional manager. You know, after he retired in 2016. To me, that spe- spells out like, oh, hey, um, we don't want someone else to hire you, so we're just going to give you this placeholder title 100%. until you're our manager. 100%. So I, it's Rossi's it's, job yeah. to lose. Um, Carlos Beltran declined an interview with the Cubs. He is, like, he's pining for the Mets job, which concerns me um it sounds like we also interviewed gabe kapler who's a recent and um, joe espada yep a uh, recent would be a good hire. recent firing but um yeah let's let's not get into it there will be some more stuff that develops over the next couple weeks but um yeah with that dan what are you thinking you uh you excited for uh we got week freaking eight coming up dude week eight man week eight week right. eight right holy shit dude oh yeah well, uh, everyone. we're not that far from November. Hey, I've got one more. Okay, my my fail of the week. Cole, do you have a fail of the week? Um, I do. Um, I've already thrown the Big Twelve refs under the bus, so there's that. My fail of the week is the gentleman from I believe it was like a Division three um, school, and just it's random that it's just kind of football related. A uh, young man intercepts a pass on his opponent's twenty yard line. Easy pick six. He runs the wrong way. I saw that he had he had he had to get tackled by his own teammate um, at their own like that's, five. That's what you call that a J.R. Smith. Is, that is that's hilarious. what you call a J.R. Smith. Oh, one hundred percent. All right, my fail of the week um, is the entire NBA. You guys are a bunch of communist sympathizers. Dumpster fire. It's bad. I just how how you know you can sit here and LeBron and all these guys can preach equality and you know and you know come out with shirts saying I can't breathe. And all this other stuff, and all we preach is, you know, 
got to get kids out of the ghetto and do all this other stuff and cash we're helping is them. king China you know, puts in and, too much money and at the same time selling $250 shoes to kids who can't afford them but then when you go out and we're going to stand with China who won't even who filters what their their people can see on the internet and only lets their people have one kid yeah and then and if they have a second one no they throw it rights. off a cliff yeah and has no human rights but, you know, we can't champion their human rights, but we can, in the U.S., it's no big deal because China is giving us money. So my fail of the week goes out to the entire NBA. Shame on you. That's all I got to say. Shame on the whole organization. I agree. I think it's uh, it's been pretty sad. But, well, we'll, uh, we'll, end the, we'll end the show here on some fails of the week, and uh, we're looking forward to week eight. Fail, second fail of the week was me picking Texas, but that was it. So, told you. Um, drop us a line on Twitter. Um, we don't really have a Facebook account right now. They're kind of run off of my Instagram and Facebook. Um, like us, follow us, share us with your friends. Um, vote on our polls that we'll be putting up here. I'll be putting up, up our locks. We'll let you vote on who won the face-off. Um, it was obviously me. So, go vote on everything. And, uh, yeah, hope everybody has a great rest of your week. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, talking to you Sunday or Monday. Go clones, baby. Thank you, Cole. Catch you later. I'm not really sure how it goes. <laughs>